Hey everybody, this is Mikey D. Welcome to my stoop. A long time ago, in a far-off corner of a major city, was a small American town called East Harlem. There were many faces, but no Facebook. A few twits, but no Twitter. And we didn't use a device when we wanted to socialize. We just opened the door and walked out to our stoop. It seems like such a long time ago, like an ancient city, a myth as if it had watched it all from the stoops of Atlantis. If there's any time of the year when that new-agey concept of the field you know, conjuring into reality the desires of your mind, actually really does work. It's during Christmas shopping season. I love gifts. I mean, who, who doesn't? The most generous and selfless folk on earth love them too. I mean, I heard that Mother Teresa once pumped her fist when she unwrapped a Nintendo 64. And Jimmy Carter did a backflip upon receiving the complete Led Zeppelin CD box set. For me, the excitement of Christmas was not being surprised by a gift, but recognizing by the shape and size of the wrapped package that the object of my desires was sitting with anticipation under the tree, awaiting me to rip it open. I learned when I was young that Santa was no egalitarian. I cannot recall a year when I was disappointed with my haul. But it always confused me when I saw the huge hole my cousin Joe got from the same North Pole toy distributor. I mean, what was this about? I asked my dad one day and he said, well, some of those are not from Santa, they're from Auntie Anne and Uncle Danny. Okay, so, uh, so Christmas morning haul can be supplemented by your parents. Okay, cool. So why weren't mine? Then one year, I, I guess I was seven, I began to notice large bags of stuff. And this stuff was never unpacked. In fact, it, it all seemed to be hidden in closets, under beds, behind bureaus, whatever. So what was going on here? Well, there were rumors bouncing like Spaldines around my classroom at the time. And there was this question kids were asking. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Believe? That was like asking, do you believe in Mr. Rogers or or my Uncle Ralph? Of course I did. Or did I? I started to put the pieces together. See, I, I never did see reindeer prints in my backyard. I never heard the bells or Santa's chuckle. So what was with these giant bags being brought downstairs by my parents right after we were put to bed on Christmas Eve? So I asked my parents about the bags. Well, Mike, sometimes Santa sends us the money to buy gifts for you. You know, you can't always get everywhere. Yeah, that was the explanation. Yeah, okay. So now hold on a second. All of a sudden, the miracle worker who delivers 20 billion wrapped gifts all over the globe in seven hours has labor issues? What? What, the magic bag was its power? Did Blitzen and Cupid escape into the northern forest to form their own pack? I mean, even at seven, this was a lame excuse. Then, then it was summer, 
and on a warm August afternoon in my backyard with my mom and Aunt Dee Dee, the question, frozen like an ice cube in my mind since December, thought out into my head, and I actually dared to ask, Ma, is there really a Santa Claus? I had done it, betrayed the fat guy, doubted his very history, his nature, his rep. And my mother smiled softly and said, No, Mike, there is no Santa. Yeah, I cried. My mom had ratted out Santa. But you know what? By the time the old bearded guy appeared at the tail end of the Thanksgiving Day Parade and my list of toys was complete, it really didn't matter. My toy fix, my need for gifts, would be filled by mom and dad. Who needed that red-coated phony? Now I had the ear of the actual procurers of my fix. There was no need to write a letter to the North Pole and every day I could drop hints, clues, you know, like Ralphie in a Christmas story pleading for his Red Rider BB gun. one year I really wanted the crash up derby set. I was always crashing in my little matchbox cars anyway, but the results weren't really pleasing. There was no real destruction unless I actually ruined the vehicles. Now I could have a set that cooperated with doors and tires that flew off in real cinematic style. So it was some Saturday in December and my mom came home from Gimbel's or Alexander's with a load of shopping bags. Bags that certainly contained gifts. Some for my sisters, for my dad, and maybe for me. She brought them upstairs and I climbed onto the top bunk and I listened as the rustle of bags sounded from my parents' room. Now at the time, the wall that divided the room that me and my two younger sisters used and my parents did not go all the way to the top. A strip of translucent plexiglass ran across the top. Well, it was supposed to, but my dad hadn't gotten around to finishing the project yet. So I peered over the top, just in time for my mom to look up and bust my seven-year-old butt. Mike, you son of a blasted! I hauled ass off my bunk and downstairs when my mom shouted threats to return the gifts. Now to this day, I can swear I did not see the gift, just bags. But on Christmas morning, when I unwrapped that fantastic crash-up derby set, my mom gave me a look. But you knew they were getting that anyway, didn't you? I swore I didn't. But it was a great gift, and for the following months, movie chase scenes were played out in the downstairs hallway. Doors, hoods, and tires flying as fenders, T-bone doors. This! That was A6. Hit! Sounds like a battle, sir. Electronic battleship. Program your positions into the computer memory bank, then calculate your shots and fire. See and hear hits or misses. Another miss! I-4. Are you in trouble? It's like my battleship. Electronic Battleship, the computer memory game from MB Electronics, a Milton Bradley company. Another gift I dreamed of was Electronic Battleship. You know, this was the 70s, and electronic anything was beyond awesome. I mentioned this one day when my Aunt Anne, who I called Oyo, was sitting in my kitchen with my mom. My mother bemoaned, that's too expensive. Oh, man, was my whiny reply. But the seed had been planted. A week later, my mom and Aunt Oyo, who was amongst my favorite aunts and loved the stuffing out of me, returned from shopping. Now, when I was a baby, my aunt started singing to me, Michael O'Neill, full of Baloneo. 
I guess this cute tune got stuck in my head, so as I wanted to talk, I repeated Onio as Oio, and the name stuck, and I called her Oio until she passed much too soon in her 70s. Anyway, Oio, she was sitting at the kitchen table as I entered. She smiled and insisted I come over for a hug and a kiss. You cannot say no to Oio. So as she planted a hard kiss on my cheek, my eyes glanced down at the shopping bag by her side, and I saw the words, Electronic Battleship. It was an accidental hack of Santa's secrets. There it was. I was thrilled, but I had to keep the excitement buried. That Christmas Eve, we all went to OEO and Uncle John's great apartment up on Fordham Road. It was on the 17th floor and overlooked the Hudson. My sister Laura and I would sneak blobs of wet toilet paper from the bathroom and lob them out the window at innocent passerbys. We would have been scolded for that one, but we never got busted. Little devious SOBs we were. So my sisters and I started scoping out the pile of gifts under her tree. There it was. That rectangular package that was no toy. It was a top-secret computerized naval training device, and it would be mine. But OEO normally gave us clothes. This was going to take a Pacino-like performance from me. I had to approach the unpacking as if I knew I would have to fake not being bored with a sweater or a pair of pants, and then switch into hyperstatic when the images of the glowing LEDs beamed from the cover art. Paper tore, scotch tape snapped, the sheet of red and green wreaths gave way to the image of ocean water and gray steel. There it was, the dream toy, my first real electronic game, Electronic battleship with its torpedo sound effects, flashing lights, and super high-tech built-in computer that today would be dumber than most greeting cards. Man, I shouted with joy and beamed light-emitting teeth all over the room. It had all worked out as my telepathic intention had planned. Well, maybe not. When I got it home and put batteries in and tried to play it, one of the game boards didn't work. Ugh. So my mom got the receipt and we exchanged it. And the new one didn't work either. So after all the dreaming and scheming, I ended up getting a refund and heading over to Tannen's magic shop with my dad and supplemented my burgeoning collection of illusions. I had regifted myself. There was a closet in the middle room downstairs that was like that warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was primarily a coat closet, but during the holidays, it was where all the arcs of the Christmas covenants were stashed, in Big Macy's bags, our gifts. Me and my sisters would whisper that this was where the treasures were, but we couldn't let my little sister Chrissy here because she was still of the faith that the chubby dude from up north was the source of all the childhood fun. I concocted a plan, a scheme. It was right out of Mission Impossible. the matrix like some VR hacker. I gathered the tools, a small scissor, scotch tape, a flashlight, but I needed an excuse to penetrate that dark and secret void. Hey, let's play hide and go seek, I suggested. So as Laura counted backwards and Chrissy ran behind a sofa, I slipped into the closet. It was dark. I was jammed between coats, but I had to be careful not to give myself away by crinkling the paper bags. Flashlight beamed, and like Hawkeye Pierce, I began the surgery. Snip, snip. 
I heard the laughter of Laura finding Chrissy. Had to work faster. What was in this bag? A race set? Maybe that new cool thingy from Hasbro? Or that must-have light-up noise-making super cool whatchamacallit from Mattel? But a sudden shiver ran up my spine. I recalled having seen a water bug in this closet. And it all got creepy fast. Were there dozens of eyes and tensing brown shiny wings about to flutter? Ugh. It was a battle with my curiosity and my increasing need to get the hell out of there. I took out the tape, sealed the surgical slice in the bag, and made a noise to give myself away. Light poured in, and Laura laughed and pointed, Found you! I got out fast, shaking myself off with the imaginary critters. I never did get to discover the Ark of that closet. Mission aborted. But that December 25th morning, I did get that light-up noise-making super cool whatchamacallit from Mattel. And it was great. Gifts are like songs and smells. They link you to a place and time. And those Christmas memories are still ethereal gifts that hang forever like lingering music over the stoops of Atlantis. This has been The Stoops of Atlantis with Mikey D. Stay tuned for future episodes as we journey back to that ancient mythical land that actually existed, East Harlem. And please join the Stoops of Atlantis Facebook page, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube or iTunes. See you next time.